How many of you like Fridays? How many of you have ever said something along the lines of TGIF? We are a nation that lives for Friday. We love Fridays. Even if you don't work on Fridays, but you work like, let's say, Sunday through Thursday, you'll say on Thursday, today is my, today is my Friday. We love, we have a restaurant chain called TGI Fridays. We love Fridays. The whole concept of the Friday is just amazing to me that we work all week long and we can't wait to get till Friday. If I can just make it through to Friday, if I can just get through my work week, if I can, and then, and then Friday comes and then it's like, oh, if I can just make it to the end of the day on Friday. And then we comes Monday and it's like, oh no, it's Monday. We're five days away from, we love Fridays. We love the Friday. The Friday is the day of the week that we look forward to the most. And we focus on Friday. Today is Palm Sunday. And I'm not talking about palm branches. I'm not talking about people waving palm branches or putting them down or laying their coats down or anything like that. Today we're talking about Friday. Typically, preachers don't get to talk too much about Friday on on Palm Sunday, but I'm going to I'm going to mess things up a little bit. And we're going to talk about Friday. Only this was a Friday that the people, most of them didn't even know was coming. And the one who knew what was coming, the one who knew what Friday held, wasn't looking forward to it. It was a Friday. And it was the Friday on which Jesus was crucified. There are three times that we're going to talk about in Scripture where Jesus predicted his death to his disciples. Three times. And today we're going to talk about their reactions to Jesus' prediction of his impending death. The temptation in what is sometimes referred to as Holy Week is to spend a lot of time on Palm Sunday. Woohoo! And the little kids wave the palms and it's cute. And then we kind of go through the week and we reflect on the, the, the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. And, and then we seem to say, if, if I can just get through Friday, and then we look forward to Easter. You know, Sunday, it's Sunday. And, and sometimes, you know, we, we may be tempted, though, to linger too long on Friday. What is your reaction to what is known as Good Friday? We're going to talk about the disciples' reactions today we're going to look at these three passages where jesus predicted his imminent death to the disciples and how they responded and we're going to talk about how we sometimes respond to the fridays in our lives because i believe that every single one of us is stuck somewhere between friday and sunday there is a sunday coming but sometimes we find ourselves stuck on friday So what happens when we're stuck on Friday? What happens when we forget about Sunday? And we think to ourselves, it's Friday. It's the Friday of my life. How do we respond? We're going to talk about that this morning. If you have a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 16. This is the first passage we're going to look at. Is in Matthew chapter 16, 
verses 21 through 23. And I just want you to think about these words. It's Friday. But Sunday's coming. Matthew 16, 21 through 23. Matthew writes, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. If you have a bulletin, you can turn to the back page and find the handy-dandy outline. There are three blanks on the handy-dandy outline this morning, and the first is anger. The first response to Jesus' prediction of his death is anger. And Peter gets angry with Jesus because of his words. Peter gets angry with Jesus. What is interesting to me is that this exchange between Peter and Jesus takes place right after Jesus commends Peter for his good confession of faith. That in the passage prior to this, it was a different conversation on a different day, but Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they gave him some responses. Some said he was Elijah, some say John the Baptist. But Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up and says, you are the Christ the Son of the living God. It is the basis of the confession that we use on a Sunday morning or on a Tuesday afternoon or whenever somebody comes to be baptized and we ask them to publicly confess their faith, they say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. In other words, I believe that Jesus is God's promised Messiah, that He is the Savior of the world. This is what I believe about Him. And Jesus said, This is good that you said this, Peter. He said, good for you. This was not revealed to you by men, but by my Father who is in heaven. And so you have Peter commended by Jesus for his confession of faith. And then just a short time later, Jesus says, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and they are going to torture me, and they are going to kill me, and on the third day I'll be raised to life. And Peter speaks up, the first one, he's so impetuous, and he says, never, Lord, never, this will never happen to you. Think what's going through Peter's head, though. Here's his best friend in the whole wide world. His best friend just told him, they're going to kill me. And, and it's not like, I don't think it was like this terrible surprise to Peter and the other disciples. Because you've got, you know, all the, there's people watching Jesus everywhere he goes. And they've seen the Pharisees and the, the teachers of the law. And they've seen him looking at him, going, you know, getting angry with him. And they're jealous of him. They, I'm sure at some point they knew something's going down. So Peter gets angry with Jesus. And part of the reason that Peter gets angry with Jesus is because Peter can't see the big picture. He's focused on Friday. He didn't even hear Jesus' words about the third day. He didn't even hear Jesus' words about Sunday. All he heard was Friday. And it made him so angry Because he couldn't see the big picture. How many times, this is a hard question to ask. Because it's one we don't like to think about. Have you ever been angry with God? You may be thinking, I can't be angry with God, Sean. I mean, I can't be angry with God. It's it's not right for me. I shouldn't be angry with God. What if 
And the reason that we'll say that I, I can't be angry with God is because what if, what if God won't like me anymore if I get angry with him? What if he gets mad at me because I'm mad at him? I, I can't be mad at God, can I? If we're honest, if we're truly honest with ourselves and honest with God, we will say, yeah, there have been times in my life when I've been angry with God. There have been times in my life when I have been frustrated with God's plan. It's because we can't see the whole picture. It's because we can't see what's out there. It's because we're only focused on the Friday of our life. And we forget that Sunday's coming. We get focused on the Friday. And so we say, yeah, I've been angry with God. Something didn't go my way. Something didn't work out. Somebody died. Somebody got sick. Things fell apart in my life, and I don't know why. So yeah, yeah, I'll be honest. I've been angry with God. And the good news is that God can take it. He's big enough and strong enough that he can take your anger. But you've got to deal with it in a healthy way. You can't just be so angry with God and so mad with God that you just walk away and say, I don't want anything more to do with him. I don't want anything more to do with the church. I don't want anything more to do with God. I'm so angry... You can't let it fester into bitterness because that's what anger does. Anger festers. And if you don't deal with it, it just gets really, really ugly. And the relationship that you have with God will fall apart because you didn't deal with your anger. It's time to deal with the anger. You may be sitting there going, yeah, you know what? I, when I think about it, I am angry with God. So how are you going to deal with it? First, you've got to own it. You've got to say, God, uh, I'm angry with you. I'm frustrated with the situation in my life. I'm angry. And then you got to pray with, pray about it. Lord, help me to see the big picture. I'm living in Friday and I need to see that Sunday's on the way. I'm living here on Friday, but I need to know that Sunday's coming. Help me see the big picture. And believe me, there is a big picture that we cannot see. There is a big picture. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. In other words, God's got a great big purpose and he can see the great big picture. He sees you on Friday and he knows that you're angry and he knows that you're mad and he knows that you're frustrated. He knows that you're upset. And I can hear him whispering across the the universe saying, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. So let's deal with your anger. Let's deal with it. Let's move on. We need the Holy Spirit to help us with our anger. We need the Holy Spirit to remind us that Sunday's coming. Second way that the disciples responded to Jesus' prediction of his death was grief. We look in Matthew, flip over a page to Matthew 17, 22 and 23. It says, when they came together in Galilee, he said to them, Jesus said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief. 
instead of Peter's anger this time, this is the second time that Jesus predicts that he is going to be killed, that he is going to die and be raised to life. And the disciples once again get stuck on Friday. The disciples are filled, overcome with grief, overcome with emotion. And we're not talking about, you know, shedding a few tears. Not, oh, well, that's too bad, Jesus. The Greek words, the construction of the Greek words there says that they were overcome. They were overwhelmingly overcome with grief and anguish and pain. The word translated grief literally means pain. They hurt. Again, their best friend in the world says, I am going to be killed. I'm going to die. So instead of Peter's anger, now they're filled with grief. Why? Didn't they hear about Sunday? Didn't they hear what he said? On the third day, I'll be raised to life. Yet they're filled with grief. They're, uh, they're so upset. They're overcome with emotion because they only heard about Friday. They couldn't comprehend the resurrection. They, couldn't, they could only think about the crucifixion. They couldn't think about Sunday. You know, we all have times of grief in our lives. Loss. Loss equals grief. When we lose someone whom we love, we're filled, overcome with grief right here, and it hurts. Maybe you've lost a parent or both parents. Maybe you've lost a grandfather or a grandmother. Maybe you've lost a spouse or someone very close to you. Maybe you've lost a, a child. You've known the tragedy of losing a child. And it just aches inside all the time. And it just doesn't stop. And you're just filled with grief. It, it hurts terribly. And not just when someone passes, but think about when someone moves. I mean, last week we said goodbye to our, our youth minister, David. And folks were filled with grief because it's hard to say goodbye. Loss hurts. And when we have loss in our lives, and it really does hurt, we cry and we grieve and we wonder, why does it have to be this way? Why do I have to say goodbye? Why do I have to lose someone whom I love? Why? We ask a lot of why questions. Why am I in so much pain? Why does it hurt so bad? Why? And we ask these questions over and over and over again. Again, you know, the disciples didn't just shed a few tears. They were filled with grief, overcome with emotion. I talked about the little Greek construction of how that word means to be overcome. With, with sorrow and grief. It's the same words used of Jesus the night before he died. When he was in the garden. When it says my soul is overwhelmed to the point of sorrow. That's the same words. That, that's how the disciples felt. They were so filled with grief. And let's face it. There are times when we are filled with grief too. Just overcome. And we just cry. And our hearts break. You know. It's on those Fridays. It's on that Friday when we're filled with grief that we need to remember that Sunday's coming. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, it says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. It's Friday. 
But an eternal Sunday is coming. It's Friday. But Sunday is coming. The last instance of Jesus predicting his death that I want to talk about is found in Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 32. Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through 32. It says, They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what, they, what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. The disciples have a different reaction this time. Peter was angry. The disciples were filled with grief. And now they're confused. And let's face it, when we're going through a time of, of Friday, when we're on Friday, we can be real confused. It's a confusing time. It's a, we, they didn't understand. The disciples just didn't understand. What are you talking about? Why do you keep saying this? This can't be. And it says that they were they did not understand and they were even they were afraid to ask. It's like they knew I, I should know why you're saying this. I should know what's going on, but I just don't get it. Have you ever been afraid to ask somebody who's explained something to you? And they still explain something to you and you just don't understand? And you don't want to ask the question because you don't want to appear dumb? I wonder if that's what's going through the disciples' minds. you've said this you know a couple of times and we really should understand but we don't get it what are you talking about they were confused and when we're going through friday when we're in the midst of a friday and it feels like a friday we can get real confused what is going on why why am i going through this Why does it have to be a Friday? Can't Sunday hurry up and get here already? Can't we get to Sunday? Maybe the confusion that we have is over what God wants us to do with our lives. Maybe it's the purpose that God has for our lives. We're just confused about it. Why am I here? I don't even understand what I'm doing here. What does God have for me to do? What is God's plan for me? What is God's purpose in my life? Or maybe it's, why am I struggling so much? Why do I hurt all the time? Or why am I struggling to make ends meet? Why are we struggling so much and living paycheck to paycheck and behind on our bills? Or maybe you're asking the question, why doesn't he love me anymore? Or why doesn't she care about me anymore? We get confused. We feel like the disciples when Jesus told them what was going to happen. And we're just really, really confused about what is going on in our lives. And we don't understand why things are happening the way they do. But the good news is, is that Friday doesn't last forever. Friday doesn't last forever. It's Friday. But Sunday is coming. And the great message of Sunday is that there is hope. Sunday is a day of hope. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, God told Jeremiah to tell the people, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
You may be living in Friday. You may be in the thick of Friday. It may be Friday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you feel like this day is never, ever going to end, metaphorically speaking. You may be thinking that this is never going to stop. This is never going to end. My pain will never end. My hurt will never end. My struggle will never stop. And you may be in the thick of it saying, I don't know what is going on and I have no hope. But there is hope. And hope is found on Sunday. It may be Friday, but Sunday is coming. Don't let the confusion of Friday make you forget about the hope of Sunday. So don't get bogged down. Don't get bogged down in the anger of Friday. Don't get bogged down in the grief of Friday. And don't get bogged down in the confusion of Friday so much that it makes you forget about the hope of Sunday. Because it may be Friday. Friday.